0: Yeah, well, but we're so glad you are here. Good to have the Tim, Sister Lulu, with us here today. Amen. Amen. There's a story behind that. Amen. Yeah, well, we we all have our own ideas, don't we? Amen. Well, we are. We're so glad you are here tonight, uh, this morning. And do remember tonight we have prayer meeting at five thirty, five thirty to six thirty. And if there was ever a time that we need to make a little bit of an extra effort in our prayer, it would be now. How many of you believe that? Amen. Praise God. All right, we're going to call your attention this morning to the book of Jeremiah. Going to read uh, just a couple of verses. uh, Chapter number 30, verses 1 and 2. And then chapter 31, verse number 26. Here we go. Verse number 1. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Thus speaks the Lord God of Israel, saying, Write in a book for yourself all the words that I have spoken. And then chapter number 31 and 26. After this I awoke and looked around and my sleep was sweet to me. Amen. That means you had a good night's rest. Amen. And you woke up feeling really, really good. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to ask Brother McKeon if he'd be so kind as to Amen. Open up with a word of prayer here before we go into the word of the Lord. And if you would, just lift your heart. Amen. We know that the Lord has a desire to minister to each and every one of our hearts. How many of you believe that? You may be here today, and this this might be the day that God works a miracle, whatever it is you've been waiting for. This might be that day. Amen. Amen. Look you, and if you would, be so kind as to Lord, Father, we thank you today for your word. We're so grateful, Lord, God, that you gave to us—the instructions to guide our lives, daily, that we might know how to walk with you. We ask now that you would anoint it to our hearts and to our minds. And Lord, we need your instructions, daily, that our lives will conform to your will, that we can be pleasing in your sight, and you can be pleased with us. Uh, bless every soul here today. Ignited by your word, in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated. I'd like to speak to you this morning on this thought. There is a new day coming. There's a new day coming. Jeremiah has been called the prophet of doom. Many Many, many years, most of his life, he didn't have a lot of good stuff to tell people. He's been called the weeping prophet. He was a solitary man, called from his mother's womb, as the Bible says. He was a solitary figure, standing up to an entire generation of his day. That God was trying to get his words across to. To bring them back to a relationship with him that they once had. And his message really could be summed up, I believe, in chapter number 1, verses 9 and 10. This was the mission. This was his message that Jeremiah had says then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth and said unto me now I don't know about you but can you even imagine can you even get a hold of of the of the, uh, the impact of the enormous thing that it is talking about here It says, Then the Lord put forth his hand, and he touched my mouth and said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. I have this day sent you over the nations and over the kingdoms. Now, Jeremiah wasn't of course just the ordinary, but Think about that for just a moment. What would it be like to have the Lord touch your lips and put his words in your mouth and then tell you that, Jeremiah, I have not only called you, but I have set you up that you're going to have authority by my word over the nations and over kings. And he says this. He says, here's here's your authority. Here's your message. He says, you are going to root out. You're going to pull down. You're going to destroy. You're going to throw down. But then, he says, and to build and to plant. And of course, it's as preachers, teachers of the gospel, we like those last two better than the other ones, right? We're all about planning and building, but that wasn't that wasn't always the case of Jeremiah. In fact, some of the notable scriptures he writes, and here's some of the words that Jeremiah has talking to the people. He says, "The harvest is past; the summer is ended." And we are not saved. We know that. We've heard that scripture so many times. He says, for the hurt of the daughter of my people, I am hurt. He says, I am in mourning. Astonishment has taken hold of me because of the condition that the people were in. He says, is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician to bring healing? Why, he says, why is there no recovery for the health of the daughter of my people? He would go on to say, Oh, that my head were waters and my eyes a fountain of tears, that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people. I was going to write something that caught my attention and I, I didn't write it down, but I believe that I, I, I remember, I don't remember who said it, but here are the words that, were, that I read. It says that tears, tears of repentance are the wine that angels drink. Jeremiah says he's caught in this this era of time. And he says at one point, because he couldn't get his message across, he says at one point in chapter number 20 and verse 9, he said, finally, he says, I decided that I was going to retire. He says that I would not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name But his word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. Mm -hmm. The same prophet we read in verse number 38, they throw, or in chapter 38, they throw this man in a deep miry pit. He sinks to his armpits. Now I don't know about you, but falling in mud is not my idea of having a good time. They put him down a well. There was no water in it, but he sunk in this muddy clay up to his armpits. They left him there until they finally pulled him out. I want want you to get an idea of uh, this solitary prophet had been sent and touched by God so here we are in chapters 30 and 33 here's the condition Jerusalem is in the final period of an 18-month siege of Babylon by Babylon the other cities had already fallen Jerusalem was like a heavyweight boxing champion who was undefeated, but now she had met her match. She was pinned against the ropes, getting ready to go down for the count. And I'm quite sure that heaven's angels are anticipating... A word from the Lord of hosts telling them once again to intervene and save his people. Jeremiah is in prison and can only watch in vain as he sees the ramps being set up on the walls of Jerusalem. The ramps which were made from the houses from the suburban cities that had already been taken. They took the the people's homes and they began to make ramps up towards uh, scaling the walls of Jerusalem. Jeremiah is in prison and the only thing he can do is watch in vain as he sees those ramps being set up. And the walls of Jerusalem finally going to be taken over by the Babylonian army. So he closes his eyes, wondering what tomorrow will bring. What will tomorrow bring? And there are three chapters here that we're going to look at. But beginning in chapter number 30 and verse number 2, Jeremiah has been spoken to by the Lord. And he says, Jeremiah, right, I'm about ready to show you some things. He says, you need to write in a book all the words that I have spoken to you. For behold, there are going to come different days in the future. He said, there is a day coming, Jeremiah. And God begins to speak to him. And in chapter 31 and verse number 26, we get just a little bit of an idea of what, of how powerful these words begin to shake this man in his sleep. And that night as he went to bed and he was going to try to sleep. And he watched as those ramps were being built by the enemy seeking to destroy God's people in Jerusalem. He wakes up early that morning and all the Bible says after this he awoke, he looked around and his sleep was sweet to him. In other words, he woke up. I don't know about you. Some people don't wake up first thing in the morning, right? Some people, you know, you've got to kind of toss them around and slap them alongside the head a few times and all of that kind of stuff. Put the water hose on them or something. Some people don't have that problem. The Bible says that Jeremiah woke up. He looked out the same bars probably that he had looked at the night before. And he couldn't figure out what in the world was changing. He was in a dream. He was in a vision. God said, Jeremiah, I'm about ready to show you some things that are coming. He says, you need to write them down. You need to pay special attention. Because there is a new day that is going to come. I don't know about you. I have, I try not to look out right the window too much at night anymore. Whether it's on Facebook or whatever, right? You understand, I try not to look because it can be just a little bit crazy out there when you look around. But I want you to know that I woke up this morning and I felt really, really good. There was something in my heart and in my soul that God has showed me not just last night, but all through my life of living for Him that there is a new day that is coming for the church. There's a new day that's about ready to break forth for somebody that's here today. You may be struggling. You may be going through some stuff. You may not be able to make sense out of what you're seeing. But I'm here to tell you that God's got it under control. That He knows where you're at. National crisis. Chapters 30 and 32 have been the. When I read, I I read that there's three different places that, that. he, that he says that, that there's a new day coming, Jeremiah, and it just it jumped out on me, but i had I did not understand the full significance of these three short chapters, and still I started reading it, and it has been referred to chapter thirty through thirty two It has been referred and called the, the book within a book. It's called the book of consolation. They call it the book of encouragement through the midst of the worst crisis that Jeremiah had ever been through and the people of God had ever been through. In the midst of it, in the nighttime, God wakes him up and he says, Jeremiah, he says, you need to write this down because there's a new day coming and I'm still in charge. Those three chapters called the book of encouragement, the summary, they say the apex, the pinnacle of Jeremiah's writings. Because within those three chapters, it it is the very first mention of a new covenant that's coming. Hallelujah. Verse number 27 says, Behold, the days are coming. or there is a new day coming. And oh, what a change, what power, what glory the Lord has shown Jeremiah. He says, And it came to pass that as I have watched over them to pluck them up to break them down, to throw down, to destroy. In other words, you said in Jeremiah, I'm still watching over my people. Brother Ali, thank you for that lesson this morning. Because it talked about, Brother Ali talked about the, the idea of chastisement, of correction. The Bible says that the Word of God, it's more than just to save us. It's more than just to chart our course. It's more than just to give us power and to, to give us insight. But it is for correction. It's to get us on the straight and narrow. It's to make sure that the path that we're on ultimately will lead to a place called the new Jerusalem. Come on, come on, come on, come on. He says, Jeremiah, he says, I am watching over my people. I can't go into all of it. You really, you need to, to read those three chapters. Really, you, you need to. But here's what it comes down to. He says, I'm watching As I put my people through a a time of chastisement, he says, but I want you to know I'm going to show you that the outcome is going to be far different than what the chastisement is. He says, because not only am I watching as this, as the city goes down, he says, But I'm watching and he says I am going to show you that I am still a builder and I'm still a planter. Verse number 30 says in those days every man will die for his own sin. What are you talking about? You, You understand it? The old covenant, the old covenant under the law that that entire nation was at times held accountable. There was no individual. It, you understand? You, could, you couldn't come and you couldn't have, as an individual, you could not have your sins washed away and forgiven as an individual. And God spoke to Jeremiah. He says, Jeremiah, he says, I'm going to show you something new. He says, I'm going to show you that there is a day coming when I will allow every man to be accountable for his own life. And Jeremiah is probably thinking, well, how, God? How are you going to do this? In verse number 30, he gives the answer. He says, Behold, there is a new day coming when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and Judah. Not according to the old covenant that I made with their fathers, which they broke. Goes on to say, But this is the covenant that I will make with them. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. I will forgive their iniquity and their sin. I will remember no more. Mm. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. Can I tell you? that I woke up this morning with a sweet feeling. Oh yeah, see me Because the day that is coming, spoken of by Jeremiah, Looking through a situation that seemingly—I'm uh, sure he felt like he lost complete control. That even though that he knew God, he—he just—he was not having an impact on his world in that day. It seemed like it, but can I tell you that—that uh, that I woke up this morning with a sweet feeling, uh, with a good feeling. You know why? Because the day that Jeremiah spoke about it. Uh, It has arrived, and I'm living in that day that he talked about so many years ago. I want you to know that that new day is right now, today. The new day is here. If you're looking for something more, friend, I don't know where you're going to find it. Because this is the day of grace, and this is the day... That God has spoken forth that He will forgive you as an individual. That only you can be accountable. You can't account for your sons and your daughters and your wives and your husbands. But God said, "I'm going to I'm going to give you the opportunity to just answer me for yourself." today i woke up this morning feeling good you know why because i know that today in the day of grace he is building and planting can i tell you that i woke up this morning with the assurance that jesus speaking the words in matthew 16 he says i will build my church Says, I will build my church. Jeremiah, he said, Jeremiah, he says, I want you to tell those people there's a day coming where there will no longer be the enemy having the force to destroy you or pluck you up. Because why? Because the gates of hell shall shall not not prevail prevail against My new covenant that has been sealed on Calvary's cross with my own life's blood. You understand? This is that day. This is that prophetic day. I don't know how much longer that we have, friend. I really don't. Amen. But I can, I can rest assured that within what I believe to be the word of God and what I believe that God has shown me in this book, that we are in possibly the very last days of the church age. Yes. And there is another day coming. Yeah. You see, Jesus came to establish the new covenant. Jeremiah wakes up and says, Whoa, he says, wait a minute. He says, How can these things? What how is this gonna happen? It's gonna happen, Jeremiah, because the God that had touched you previously. God that's given you this vision in your nighttime. he said I want you to know that I am going to come as a human fleshly man and when I come I'm bringing redemption with me I'm bringing the new man with me it's coming in my hand and no one will pluck it out amen Jesus came to establish that new covenant. Jeremiah caught a glimpse of it. But oh, now understand the power of the day that he prophesied about it. We actually call it being born again. I am not... I do not have to answer to my natural father. You understand, I am not caught up in in that web of deceit, of uh, the spiritual curse from my ancestors. No, sir, because there's a new covenant that came in the day of grace, and I can live for God just as much as I want. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that the city shall be built for the Lord. From the tower of Hanover to the corner gate, the surveyor's line shall again extend straight forward over this place called Karab. It is talking there about that there is a day coming that far exceeds even the day that we're in today. Chapter number 32. God asked Jeremiah to buy into this promise. He's in jail. God has given him some great insight. He's the first prophet that talks about this new covenant. And and God says, Jeremiah, he says, I need you to do more than just believe it. He says, I need you to buy into it, son. Mm -hmm. What do you mean, Lord? He says, well, I'm going to send your uncle... He's gonna come visit you in jail. And he's gonna to offer to sell you a piece of land in, in Anathoth or whatever place it is. And Jeremiah's thinking, well, I'm in jail. The city's in ruins. That place has already been taken over by the enemy. God says, I know. He says, I want you to buy into it. He says, I want, I want you to make it on public record. You read that story. He says, "He says I want you to buy in, Jeremiah. He says, I want you, they're going to let you out of jail for a couple of minutes. I want you to go right before the court. He says, I want you to give that man the 17 shekels. He says, I want you in front of that entire nation, of that entire people, whoever. He says, I want you to show them that you believe this so strongly that you are going to buy this piece of property because you know now and you believe that there is a new day coming that God is going to restore this people that He's going to rebuild that city and that you are investing in the future. That's what we're doing, folks. Listen. I'm investing in my future. You understand? You can, whatever your your thing is, right? I mean, you can invest in this and that and the other thing. No, sir, I'm investing in the promise that of uh, my eternal inheritance uh, that is not tainted by the evil forces uh, that are operating so strongly in this world today. I'm investing in this, Brother Alley, the Word of God that I believe is true. Every dot, every crossing of the T, Amen. it is forever settled in heaven. Oh, yes. Jeremiah I'm going to let you out of jail for a little while and I want you to buy into this thing Jeremiah did he bought that piece of property and he began to ask questions in one of the most profound scriptures and I got it wrote down But and he's asking he said well Lord how are you going to do all this you know how are you going to how are you going to bring Israel back together in 1948 huh how are you, you going to make Jerusalem the capital again? How are you going to do this? And there's a scripture that, that just, it just resounds in my mind because it goes right back to the father of the faithful. And the, the Lord asked, asked Jeremiah the same question that he asked Sarah and Abraham. He says, is there anything to it? Within those three chapters, he says, "I'm going to bring him back from as far at, at the the far four corners of the earth." He says, "You watch, Jeremiah. I wish you could be on stage when I do it because I'm going to bring them back from every place on the planet Earth." He says, "And the entire world is going to hold their breath because they are in awe of after the three. Think about it, folks." 1945 and four or five years, 10 years before that, they slew two-thirds of that nation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And three years later, God had them planted back in that place mm-hmm. on the four corners of the earth. Mm-hmm. And in 1967, you reigned about it. They completely decimated the 50 Arab countries around them in a six-day war. God was saying, watch. Watch. There's a new day coming. And the world is going to have to stand back and they're going to say, but there's a bigger day that he was talking about. That was the day the church was born. Mm-hmm. Because when the day, the day the church was born, it ushered in a new day mm-hmm. that is almost expired. Mm-hmm. For the unsaved, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. For the church, Amen. not so much. Not so much. You know why? We were talking the other day, and uh, no, nobody likes it when somebody passes away, right? Yeah. But hey, you know, I'm not trying to be morbid or anything like that. But I'm telling hey, I'm happy for them. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're in the church, I'm happy for them. I'm not happy for the living that, you know, they have to go up. But are you kidding me? I am happy for the departed saint of God. You either believe it or you don't believe it, man. I believe it. When a a child of God passes on from this life, are you kidding me? There ought to be, as there is in heaven, there is rejoicing. The Bible says that God precious in the sight of God that is the passing of one of his kids. You know why? They're going to where he is. Jesus said, I'm going away. They said, we don't want you to go away. He says, it's better for you because if I go away... I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. I believe he came out of that grave. I believe he appeared 40 days alive to as many as 500 at one time. I believe that he ascended back into the clouds. And I believe the words that the Bible says to those disciples who were watching him take away. They said, Hey, don't worry about it. Said, There's a day coming. There is going to come a change. Come on, think about it. Two thousand years, folks. Is there anything too hard? Chapter 30 and verse 17. One of, those, one of the things that was said, I will restore health to you. I will heal your wounds. Anybody wounded this morning? Have you ever been wounded? I promise you this morning that there is balm in Gilead and there is a physician
1: that is on call.
0: I promise you. And I promise you he makes house calls. And I promise you that there is healing in his wings. And I promise you that he feels what you're going through because of the stripes that were laid on his back. For your healing, I promise you that when you think that you can't hold and bear up anything else, I promise you that He feels that your stress within the nail prints in His hands. I promise you that His feet feel where you are walking. Oh yes, Amen. Therefore, they shall come and sing in the height of Mount Zion. Their souls shall be like a well-watered garden. They shall sorrow no more at all. And Jeremiah wakes up. And he says, whoa. He says, this is not what I, when I fell asleep last night, this is, I didn't feel what I feel this morning. What I felt, you understand, is it." There was a change that happened right in the midst of, his, oh, yes. of the most urgent crisis that he had ever faced in his life. Amen. That's the God that we serve. Amen. Because he does not know what crisis is. He has no bad days. Every time that He does what you think is a miracle, that's not a miracle to God. That's normal operating procedure. He has no bounds. He has no limitations. We'll close with Revelation 21. Now John speaking. John what a man. He was close. He was close. He was as close to the heartbeat of God that any person has ever led. They tried to they tried to make a martyr out of him. Didn't work. They threw him on that island, Patmos. We don't know what kind of... I'm sure there was... You understand, Patmos was... A, he was in exile. He was a solitary figure. One man. He was the last breathing of the twelve. History says they would carry him in and out on a chair when he was upwards of 100 years old out of the church probably of Ephesus and they would carry the beloved John on their shoulders as a young man would kneel and they would say, John, tell us again. Tell us again. The last link between the Lord and Christ and the one that we read about the one that's coming back. They put him in exile in a place called Patmos as the musicians come. And there he is. But they can't close the vision that God has for search. They can't shut that down. So it says, hey, John you can read it I'm just paraphrasing here he said John I need you to write these words down I need you to write them down and we know John begins to write all through the book of the complete ending of a perfect setting of the fulfillment of the plan of redemption he closes it out he closes it out John says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. He says, I saw it. Brother Andrew says, God shook. Sure. He says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth descending out of heaven. He says, it was like a bride adorned for the bridegroom. And he goes on and he says, and he says, within this city, within this place called the New Jerusalem, the New Jerusalem, that the devil cannot touch, that there is no enemy. He says, I saw it coming out of the sky. And he says within the borders of this city, he says here's some of the things that I saw and I need to write to you to encourage you that there's a new day that's coming. He says within this city, he said there was gold on the streets and the walls were all kinds of gems. There was gates of pearls, he says. He says, but that wasn't That wasn't the the great crescendo. He says, as I was able to walk in and take a look around, he says, there was no darkness. And he says, the entire place was light all the time. He says, because the Christ, Jesus was there. And he was the light. And there was no darkness. And he says... And I saw, he says, I saw this river flowing down, and he says there was all manner of trees planted, it, and there was the fruit, and there was the tree of life oh. that had been banned for thousands of years, he says there was, he says there was, and he says, I want you to know, he says, There were no tears, there was no pain, there was no sorrow, there was no longer any broken heart, there was no health issues. Out of the midst of John's chaos. Out of the midst of God seemingly dumping the world, dumping this this very choice man, putting him on an island with just a bunch of other prisoners. God says John, I got this. He says, I need you to write what I'm gonna show you. you stand with us he says and he says oh my goodness he says the old earth and the old heaven it went away and a new heaven and new earth was on display crying and he closes out chapter number 22 verse number 12 but he closes one of the closing verses in that last chapter was he says but John you need to you need to remind my church my people, my sons my daughters that are alive during that day that they are going just like Jeremiah, just like the people. They had to endure those afflictions. We don't know what God is going to require of us. Can you say amen? amen. With, we, I don't know what God's are going to require. I have no idea what He's going to put us through. But really? It's the end result. He says, remind my people, he says, behold, he says, I come quickly. Yes, I come quickly, yes. And one of the writers we know, he says, and I come at an hour. They He says, I come quickly. So he was it, maybe it was Wednesday night, maybe it was at the service yesterday. That, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall be changed. In the twinkling of an eye, come quickly. In the twinkling of an eye, the dead of our eyes, we which are alive and remain, will be caught up together with them. Forever. <laughs> Jeremiah, I've showed it to you. Now I want you to buy in. I want you to show these people that you're in this thing, that you buy into what I'm telling you. Listen, you know, sometimes I think that we really haven't, that we haven't bought into this total. This 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 rapture thing, this catching away in the bride. That sometimes I think we we haven't really we haven't bought in, we haven't purchased a, a piece of our promise yet. I am of the belief that our time is coming. That you will and I will be required to show our faith on display. Are you really buying into the same? <laughs> Whatever you're going through today, you may be having a great day. I hope you are. Thank you. Mostly, God has been so good to me. He has been so good. Amen. Very rarely do I have a bad day. Understand? But there, I know that. There are days that that are challenging, whether you're a mom, you're a dad, you're a kid, whatever it is, your jobs, your health issues, whatever. Listen, 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 listen. listen. There is a day coming. Yes, there is. That the price that you're paying today, Mm. what you're feeling today is not always going to be. Right. There's a new day. Church, I believe, is knocking on my head. If you're here this morning, you need a special Amen. prayer. If you need a miracle. If you need God to do something in your life, I would call you to the front here and I would ask Amen. you that you would just lift your heart to Him and ask Him. Ask Him to minister to you. In will help you. Or you may be wherever you are. If you need special prayer. You let me know. We'll come. We'll anoint you. And we'll pray with you. That God will deliver. Answer. Whatever it is. But most of all. Never. 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 Never go to sleep. Thinking. That things are not going to be okay. okay. Mm -hmm. And never wake up in the morning. If God is in your life. Don't you ever, for a moment, think that things are not going to be okay? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They are and they will be. Yes. Yes. Because the day that he prophesied, Jesus. you're living in it. Yeah. Yes. It's nice. yes. right. Would you come this morning? Amen. <coughs>